welcome to Buy Positive. These are your hosts, Mari and MD. And today we're joined by our good friend, Tian. Hi. Who was on our podcast twice, I think. I believe so, yes. Um, and he is now here as an expert of Game of Thrones. Because <laughs> <laughs> we need an expert on our panel of being very judgmental <laughs> about Game of Thrones. Clearly there is a lot to say about how it ended. We're not going... Uh, are we going to spoil people? I feel like we will spoil people. Oh, yeah. We're going yeah, to spoil spoiler alerts. Yeah, the major spoiler alert. So if you haven't seen it, turn back and don't watch it because it's garbage. <laughs> Sorry. Watch um, this. If you don't know what... after you've watched yes. the last episode. Yeah, and if you haven't watched it, it's that you're, you're living under a rock or you don't watch Game of Thrones, which is, which is perfectly fine. fine. Yeah. So you can actually listen to the episode without watching... Yeah. I mean, yeah. We're not. I mean, if you don't care about spoilers. Yeah. Just you know. Yeah, if you're not you interested in watching it at all. Yeah. You know what's going on, and yeah. So there's that. <laughs> so today we'll be talking about Game of Thrones. Obviously, we'll mention some stuff about the ending. So, like I said, spoiler alert. Uh, but we also wanted to focus on LGBTQ plus representation in the show. Yeah, especially bio representation, bio plus representation, and mental health representation, which we're going to touch on because there's a lot to say about that oh. as well. So let's talk about the gays. Oh, um, you mean all the ones that died? Yes, all yeah. of those gays that are currently in the pantheon of dead gays, barrier gays, barrier gays. Well, can we start with something more optimistic? Let's talk about the gays that are actually still alive. Let's talk about Yara Greyjoy. Oh, yeah, she's yeah. still alive at the yeah. end. She's still alive. We don't actually know what happens to her because she just kind of hangs out there and then she goes home and then she's there for like the. the and the she's meeting. like, and she's like, can I didn't know I could have my own kingdom. Well, the thing oh, is, she, she did kingdom. have her own kingdom in season seven. Mm. She was granted independence, but she conveniently forgot. <laughs> yeah. For purposes of plot. <laughs> Sorry, I mean, I might there's be a lot of people, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yara, I mean. So, it's actually the five kingdoms? It's six, six kingdoms. No, five. It should be five, because Yara and Iron yeah. Islands are supposed to be out. Also, again, maybe Yara and Sensei could get married. I mean, I stand, but, you know, the writers decided to leave it so ambiguous. Like, like, the northern realm was also the Iron Islands. Yeah. That would be so great. Mm. So, Yara, great, sadistic in some ways. Yeah. I have to say I wasn't like predisposed to liking her when I first started watching the show, and like she she showed up, she was kind of a. Well, there was the whole incest scene with her brother on the horse that kind of yeah. was like, oh, mm-hmm. okay, is this where we're gonna go with this? Yeah, but like if we get into the whole Greyjoy family dynamic, I think we're gonna spend a whole evening Good just points. on that. Good point. Yeah, <laughs> I don't even remember that scene, but yeah, maybe I just blocked it out. Yeah, it's, it's very possible. So is it? Does it mean she's bi? Does it, does, it, uh, does it make her like this very, very bad bi representation? I don't think she's bad representation necessarily. I think she's very human and I think she's a product of her time. Yeah, and in Westeros, instance, yeah. is not a problem. And I think like also all of the female characters that we will also talk about here, but even female characters who are not queer, like Cersei, for example, they all got ahead because they acted like men. Yeah. Which is kind of what Yara did as well. She oh, just yeah, acted in a very dominant male way. Yeah. yeah, she was the captain of her own ship, which was traditionally um, a sort of man's yeah. role. Yeah. Um, and and if you, in every scene she appears, she's, she doesn't wear dresses once. She's always in sort of uh, conventional I mean, male attire, if you yeah. will. In, in that way, she's a stereotype yeah. of the more, I wouldn't say butch, but manly, mm-hmm. masculine. Yeah. 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 
Let's talk about the fact that she flirted heavily with Danny. Okay, that was great. That yeah. was great. Yeah. Um, unscripted? Yeah. Unscripted. That was unscripted. Was it? Because it was unscripted, the, yeah. In the books, I don't know if it was so much put in the show, but in the books, Danny was... Um, very obviously why. Very obviously. She was... Yeah. Um, I, oh, I don't even know if it was according to the story mm. by, or she just didn't want to be with men. Mm. Um, but she slept with a lot of her handmaids. In the uh, books. In the books, yeah. I mean, so not graphically, but it's implied. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because it like it's implied since we can move on to her. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's implied that she's um, very much into that um, that scene where the, her um, handmaiden. It's mm. the very first. The very season, first, yeah. yeah. That when she tries to teach her how to. Um, I mean, I can tell you that I had an awakening when I was watching that scene. I was like, oh, this is where it's going. Going. You watched it last year. No, I watched the first season when it actually came out, oh, okay. and then I stopped because I found it incredibly boring, and then I picked it back up again. But that that scene, I was like, mm, I can get behind this, and then she just go back goes back to Caldrogo, which Jason Momoa, yeah. But like Caldrogo is not, yeah, no, not this relationship is not healthy. No, also because in the book she's like what thirteen, thirteen, and he's like much older, much older. Yeah, so. And their entire relationship starts with pretty graphic rape. Mm. Yeah. I don't know if it's the same in the books. Yeah. yeah. So, but I'm glad that she kind of had that love in her life in some sort of way. It's very, like, I have very mixed feelings about it. I don't think there's one healthy relationship in Game of Thrones at all. Um, or maybe Oberyn and... Um, I think Oberyn and um, Ilaria. Yeah. 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 Like an open, healthy, healthy, open relationship yeah. Yeah. between two, bisexu- two bisexual characters yeah. who one dies horribly and the other yeah, face is a bit unknown in the show. Well, we can assume she's, she's dead. dead because the whole castle dungeon collapsed where she was chained up. Yeah. Yeah. So. But the thing with Alaria, though, she's kind of like the evil bisexual as well because she kills Marcella by kissing her. Yeah. That's like top notch, like. Um, yeah. What's your favorite example of the evil bisexual? What's that movie? Basic Instinct. Basic Instinct, exactly. It's like your classic, she's sexy and that's how she kills people kind yeah. of thing, which I'm not okay with that. Yeah, I mean, that, but that little scene apart, she's actually like a pretty healthy relationship. And mm. yeah. Her daughters are batshit crazy, but mm. she's, she's okay. Yeah. Ish. And Oberyn as well. Like, I, I honestly really liked his character. So did I. It was one of the most sort of well-rounded yeah. um, queer characters as well. Mm. Played very well. Yeah. Um, By Pedro Pascal. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, very interesting character. Mm-hmm. And I liked how he was so open about it, too. Yeah. He, he I mean, just didn't give a shit. He was, yeah. like, completely underused in the, the show. Oh, yeah, yeah totally. Absolutely. Totally. Um, I also have, I mean, in connection to Oberyn, there's Oliver, the... Um, Pimp oh, turns his lover, yeah. uh, who is played by Will Tudor, and like I have a soft spot for him because he was super cute in Humans and in Shadowhunters. Who was he in Shadowhunters? He was the he was Jonathan, the first Jonathan. Oh, the, yeah. the cute one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, just yeah, because yeah. he's really cute, um, mm-hmm. I'm gonna give him a. <laughs> um, but yeah, that character didn't exist in the book, so that was a completely made up character. Yeah, funk. because it's true. Yeah. Why really use the character you have when you can make up? Others, like... I don't know, ask D&D. <clears throat> so um, many questions for them. And then there's Renly Baratheon and Loras Tyrell. Oh, this is actually um, 
a pretty healthy relationship. Mm. I don't know. The thing is, like, as it's much been as a long time ago, I forgot. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it was nice to see that they actually did have a relationship because in the book, it's always um, hinted at but not explicitly stated. Whereas so, in the show, it was. I just I'm just specifying something that we invited TM because he actually read the book, <laughs> which we haven't. So that's that. The yeah. Well, yeah, you think you mean the books? There's books, five of books, yeah, books. <laughs> well, there's supposed to be seven, but like, well, um. <laughs> he did say July 2020. So, if you are a fan of the books, he has released an article saying he promises to have the sixth book released by July 2020. Uh-huh. Look next year. Yeah. So, set a reminder for that because <laughs> I don't think that will happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, so, yeah. Yeah. But so, so it's much more explicitly stated in the show, which I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Um, but as to healthy relationship, I don't know. I feel like. Loris was pushing. But isn't like Loris, as far as I know, as far as I've read on articles about the book, because I don't have time for that, um, that Loris was a, like a lot more emasculated in the show than he was in the books? Yeah, and in, in the books, there's um, much is made about his fighting prowess, mm-hmm. about how um, strong, as, strong as he is as a knight. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, they do in the books, pushing more as a warrior, mm-hmm. whereas, um, and they, I mean, they do still call him the, the um, Knight of the Rose, or Knight mm-hmm. of Roses, or something, yeah, so, which, is, which is got to do more with his house symbol than with yeah. anything effeminate, mm-hmm. but I think in the show they did kind of... Push him more towards... Yeah. 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 But, it, I mean, when I say it's a healthy relationship compared to others, mm. like, yeah. they're not related. Mm. That's a good point. Uh, <laughs> well, when that is the benchmark. <laughs> Set the it's, bar low. It's consensual. Yes. It is. There's a little bit of imbalance and stuff, and they're dealing with power and, like, with um, more being, being more, more or less openly out. Oh, I mean, out mm. doesn't really mean anything in Game of Thrones, but... And but things, they weren't necessarily public because don't forget that Renly married no. Marjorie. Yeah, of course, yeah. no, Renly married, but but the but Marjorie kind of accepted. She knew yeah, it was, it yeah, was yeah. it's an open secret. Like yes. yeah. everyone knew about it. Uh, so there's that, but in that context, and it was as healthy as it can get. True, mm. true. Also, they're both dead. Yeah, yes. I mean, out of all the characters that we're and going to talk about, there are very few that are still alive. They're both dead, and the whole. Laura's arc with him having to repent. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah see, Renly's death, I don't think necessarily falls under the bury your gaze trope. No, because, because it was, has a meaning in the story. Yeah, because the it, yeah. It, it wasn't explored as much in the series, but in the books, because it's called the War of Five Kings. Yeah. There's five kings fighting for the throne, and Melisandre does the spell to destroy, to kill the other kings. Yeah. So Rob dies, Renly dies, yes. and whatever Yara's father's name Balon Greyjoy dies. Who cares? <laughs> yeah, so it kind of makes sense that he would die yeah. <clears throat> because okay. he's not the only one. Loras, on the other hand, I can't remember his fate in the books, but in the show, when he's arrested for being queer and mm-hmm. he's being tortured and made to repent and all that, mm-hmm. that was unnecessary, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's it would for me falls a little bit like um, in the um, in the category of uh, censors rape. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, I mean, graphic rape mm-hmm. is that it has no point but to f- use tropes yeah. um, to not even really further the narrative because it doesn't bring anything. And mm. We can also talk about how 
It toughened up Sansa, and she became so clever because of it. It's awful. Yeah, but yeah. rape doesn't make you clever. No, no, I mean, no, I, I, I love Sansa character, and the way she's his queen in the north mm-hmm. is great. It's great, but that was like, that's an entirely yeah. unnecessary. But there was one line in one of the last episodes. That's, yeah, she's not the little bird anymore. Little yeah, bird, but, yeah, yeah, but like where she implies that yeah. she wouldn't be where she was if she wasn't raped. Yeah, she's like, do you need? The trauma to get ahead is this. No, is this what no. You're I mean, I mean that I can understand it and accept it as she's learned from being betrayed yeah. and everything. Mm. Which, like, yeah, she became became she became a better politician mm. uh, because she had yeah. to deal with all of that. Also, you can see it as I went through something hard and I decide to learn something out of it and to make it to build. I mean, mm. I decide that it can be. It can have a function in my life, even if it's just to, to remind me not to do the same mistakes again, mm. or um, just to remind me that people can be garbage. But I can, I can, I can kind of understand that. But yes, there's this message of mm. I had to go through all of that. Mm. Yeah, but it's it's it, it seems to be a, it. yeah, but it seems to be an issue with uh, especially female mm-hmm. characters mm-hmm. and queer characters. Oh yeah, that yeah. we cannot grow as people unless we go through trauma. Yes, trauma porn, trans trauma porn, where all the tr- trans stories we are getting mm. are these incredible people um, whose stories I do believe deserve to be told, but that come out and it's like they're suffering and then, spoiler alert, mm. usually they die. And this is kind of the, the trope with Sansa as well. Like she wouldn't be the queen of the north, spoiler alert, um, <laughs> if she wasn't raped. And that's kind mm. of the impression that they give yeah. a little it's, bit. It's this whole thing that we talked about this before. Yeah, like this whole idea that. that you can't be queer or you can't be different, full stop, if you haven't suffered. Yeah. Because like then you kind of lose your credibility or something. It's it's very like prevalent. There's this gatekeeping in the queer community yeah. that I absolutely freaking hate. Is this idea that you can't be a happy queer. Yeah. You can only be a miserable one who went through so much shit. Yeah. It's like you, you like when you share your coming out stories with people, and then mm. someone, everyone's like, "Oh yeah, I know." My uh, trigger warning: um, my parents kicked me out, or this happened to me, or I was beaten up in the street. And then there's someone who's like, "Yeah, I came out, and my parents accepted me, and it was actually fine." And there's kind of this hush falls over. Yeah, there's like <laughs> no one wants to feel happy for this person who's mm. gone through a fairly okay experience. Yeah. Um, because I think partially we are a little bit jealous. Yeah. Um, or um, because we didn't necessarily get that when, in a way, we should have because it's not a big deal. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Um, but then, like you said, it, it becomes this toxic sort of... Trope. Yeah, that, is, that one, we need to suffer, and those that don't, don't mm-hmm. really belong with us. Yeah. And, and in a way, that also was Laura's storyline. Yeah. So yeah. Unnecessary. Because, first of all, it doesn't. Further the plot at all, no. it just dies. So it just means that the, the sparrows are evil. Yeah. But thank you, we we got that. Yeah, we knew that already. It, it really don't lead to the explanations. Mm. Um, and it's also, I mean, in that situation, it's it's again like showing you're gay, you can only suffer, and you exist through other people rejecting you. Yeah. Yeah. Which is absolutely awful message to give yes. to people. Mm. And then. <laughs> It's just that if even if it had like it brought something to the plot, why not? But it doesn't bring anything to the plot, and it adds to the whole pacing issue of the show. It's like, why did we spend so much time on fucking Loras uh, being tortured by the sparrows, basically? When 
we had Danny becoming mad in 30 seconds. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to talk about pacing and, and yeah, keeping. Plus, I don't go anywhere. That's season eight in from beginning yeah. to end. But we'll go back to that when we talk about mental health. Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, mental health. Uh, put a bit <laughs> in that one. Um, let's go back to, actually, let's go back to Sansa. What was that heavy flirting between her and Danny in season um, eight? That was... I got vibes. Maybe yeah. it's because, like, Sophie Turner and some. Not to out anyone, but, like, come on. Everybody gets she vibes. Said, she said that she was into girls as well. Yeah, that's clearly visible in the show. I mean, she's she gives sapphic vibes. It's crazy. Mm. But, like, the whole the whole thing between them, I was like, is there something going on? It's one of those things, like, they hate each other, but they also fuck each other mm, th- kind of thing. I don't know. I think I read it, but that could just be me not, you know being female, mm. um, as a... Power move? Not a power move, but sort of recognizing and seeing another woman with mm. a lot of power. Because, mm. let's face it, Sansa, by that point, had garnered a lot of power around her. Yeah. Danny had garnered a lot of power. And they were sort of coming together, and they saw each other, saw their positions, and sort of, despite not liking each other in the sort of political sense, still admiring each other for yeah. being, um, for, for managing to, you know, what is essentially a man's world. Uh, so you can't see me, but I do air quotes a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, well, there's that. Let's talk about powerful women in general. Let's talk about Arya and Brienne. Brienne is amazing. And then her story just went down the crapper for the, yeah. the last episode. I mean... It would have been fine if Jamie wasn't an asshole. But yes, because they threw his whole character. Yeah, but back. Jamie Jamie had a lot of character development for seasons and seasons and yeah, seasons, yeah. and yeah. then oh, I'm gonna go See, back to that, yeah. But what that tells me, yeah. as someone watching it, is like oh, you can try to change as much as you want. In the end, it doesn't work. You would have go back and have incestuous yeah. relationships with your, with yeah, your sister. It would have made sense if you went back to kill. Cersei. Yes, yes, that would have made sense. That would have that been I would have loved that because that would have been tying into him being Kingslayer to being Queenslayer, and it was a prophecy as well because he's a little brother. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But prophecies, what are those? I mean, as prophet what? Prophet what? Good writers were they? Sorry. I feel like HBO is going to come after us. Um, so I mean, when it comes to Brienne, I really just like the fact that. There were two guys like fighting over her activity, yeah. which was Jamie and uh, Torben. Yes, him, which who was who was lovely. Uh, he was amazing. he was like the feminist that that show. <laughs> and needed. also, yeah, the wildling accepts when the woman turns him down. That was amazing. And, and he, the wildling brings up like she's not a knight yet. What the hell? Yeah. yeah. What is wrong with you? And then Jamie's like, I'm gonna fix that. <laughs> it's just like I I really like the fact that Brienne is not conventionally attractive as a woman. Uh, not in the way that Marjorie would be, not in the way that Sansa or Cersei would be, um, but she she still has, you know, female magnetism, I suppose, mm-hmm. which I really like that. And same for Arya as well, because Arya went through such a transformation. Never mind the fact that her powers of what they're, what's it called face swapping. Yeah. yeah. No, another, that's, that's a Snapchat filter. <laughs> another, like, what was that whole point of Bravos if she never uses that again except once in season seven? I mean, yeah. she used everything she learned to 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 kill the Night King by surprising him and visibly like making that maybe twenty meters long jump. Mm. Yes. I mean, can we? That's change, changing your face. Then can make you jump. Power jump. Yeah. Okay. Got it. 
Yeah, I mean, that's entirely logical. I don't see what the But that's why is. you never see any long jumpers in life, because they all have different faces on. <laughs> <laughs> and what about the people who do the, you know, the, the triple jump? Oh, yeah, they've got three faces. <laughs> One for each jump. Uh, sorry. <laughs> so, wait, let's just go back to Brienne for a second. Yeah. Um, I really, 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 really hated both her ending... Mm. And the scene before she had that, because her, her last spoken scene, mm. because she's portrayed as this um, woman that's sort of not confined to normal gender norms, mm-hmm. um, who wants to be a knight, who's denied that based on what's between her legs, who eventually um, receives that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She becomes uh, a I mean, knight of the, yeah, of the realm. Yeah, that's great. And that's, that's amazing, great beautiful. Yeah. The very next scene of her... Besides the whole fighting mm-hmm. part, mm-hmm. is her having sex with Jamie and then begging him to stay and yeah. breaking down and crying, mm-hmm. which is horrible. Like, oh, come on, mm. like why? You know. I mean, I, then, I like to think that after the show ends, and I'm writing fan fiction here, she finds herself a nice lady, yeah. settles down, becomes. I mean, she's already the the like top knight. I'm not sure what. Yeah, the she's the is. head of the king's guard. Yeah, think, yeah no, <laughs> top the, knight. The top knight. <laughs> Well, maybe we shouldn't be a top of <laughs> So, like, I, I, I'm not hoping... Not I mean, <laughs> but I think I get this vibe from her that, like, Jamie is her one love and that she's going to, like, remain celibate for the rest of her life. I feel like that's where her story ended up veering off to. Technically, that is what the King's Guard says. So, yeah, yeah. because they yeah, are supposed to be... Yeah, so basically she had this one chance, had sex once with this one dude who barely gave her any attention, yeah. decided to go back to his twin sister... And then she just chooses a life of celibacy after going through the trauma of separation. I'm entirely sure she chose it because I'm pretty sure that, like, who can be head of the king's card? It is one person still there who can fight. Arya Arya fucked off to find out what's west of Westeros. And Arya is not a knight, and she doesn't want to be one. That is true. I mean... She doesn't subscribe to that set of values. That is true. I mean, Arya's values became also kind of wishy-washy mm-hmm. towards the end of the season because, oh, like, I know a killer when I but, see one. Yes, yeah. you are one, you little psychopath. <laughs> but just come back to Brienne. I, I hate that. I had I had the whole Jamie storyline for her. Yeah. I mean, I was rooting for them, mm-hmm. but the way they ended it was mm-hmm. awful. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fact that she gets to write Jamie's story, mm-hmm. like. I don't mind the fact that she wrote it, but that she gives him this glowing review. Like, yeah. uh, five stars on Yelp. I mean, <laughs> come on. The guy was a bit of a douche in the end there. Yeah, just yeah. just be honest. He had the good, his good sides. Yeah. And he tried, but he failed. And then the, the, it's that last line that gets me. He, he died for his... his yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, come on. Yeah. yeah. I mean, with Brienne, I also have to say that I really appreciate the relationship she had with Sansa. Yeah. Really love that storyline. I mm-hmm. love the bond that they had. Because that's a bond that Sansa really needed at that yeah. time. Yeah. I, I love that. I love the companionship that she kind mm-hmm. of fostered with Arya as well. Yeah. Uh, with like the fighting and everything. Like mm-hmm. the two outcast sort of tomboyish women who ended up bonding over yeah. or something like that. And who respect each other as yeah. fighters. Yeah. So I really want to talk about Arya. I'm like trying to do a conversation. I'm just finishing with that. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Is that I hate like this whole story for the ending, mm. but she's in a, she sits on the council mm-hmm. and she's the one who's like kind of reasonable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I do like that. Yeah, and also because there's one woman in the fucking council after having like women being supposed to rule the world, mm. the one we finish with there's like yeah after having women who rule the world, the one we finish with the council we finish with is just dudes. Yeah, yeah. and Brienne, yeah, who saves, save. 
the ending a little bit here and also remembering that yeah, it's more important to build ships than opening brothels. Yeah, don't even get me started on why the hell Bronn's in the council. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. None whatsoever. The others do make sense, but not him. Yes, but why did he get Highgarden? Because someone because promised him? Because all the other people that live in the Reach, all the other lords, are just going to accept some sellsword. I think they're all dead, though. <laughs> Fair enough. Arya. Yes, Arya. Arya. Let's talk about Arya, please. Okay, Arya, for me personally, was the character that I identified with because, mind you, I was in high school when the show started. <laughs> so it was like, and she's small and short, and I can relate to that. And the fact that she went through, again, intensely traumatic experiences like all the Stark children did, those that aren't dead anyway. I guess death is also traumatizing. But anyways. And um, isn't Bran half dead? It's, it's another story. I mean, let's not talk time. about Bran. Please. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> can, we just, can we just acknowledge that uh, Bran the Broken is awful? That's a terrible. That's what's his sister, his sister telling everyone in the council? By the okay, way, that, that was funny. <laughs> it was dick's funny. not working? I mean, like. Oh, yeah, that's the one thing that we didn't mention about Sansa, the whole council thing, where she just tells her uncle to sit down and shut up. That was amazing. That was very good, the fact that I'm like, okay, you know what? I'm just going to be queen of my own kingdom. Yeah. And, Yara, and Yara is like, wait, that was an option. Yeah. And Dorne, which was always the most independent-minded of all the kingdoms. Yeah, but the, the Dornish dude didn't even get it like a name or anything. No. He was yeah. just kind of there yeah. wearing silks. But yeah, Bran the Broken, I mean, it might make sense in the context of the show. Mm. But it's awfully offensive. Mm, yeah, kind of. Mm. Anyways, yeah, yeah. Arya. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> keep getting sidetracked. So Arya, I don't like Arya's ending. I think it would have been amazing. My my ideal ending was that she would like the John would die because I really don't like John. Sorry, <laughs> Kit Harrington's butt is nice. That's it. Um, and then like that she would take his face and kill Danny. I thought that would be like a more logical mm-hmm. ending. Yeah, it could have been like killed by Dragon. Yeah, was his face kind of okay. Yeah, and Arya stealing it. Yeah, I feel like that would have been a much better ending. But you know, we never got that. And the whole, like, white horse symbolism, they never follow through on that either. I like Arya's character. I know she's a little bit, you know, loopy <laughs> with all the <laughs> all the things that have happened to her. But honestly, like... But she's lovable. She is lovable. <laughs> she's, she's like a she lovable little... She <laughs> killed a man's sons and fed them to him. Yeah. Yeah. But she had her reason. <laughs> and this is when we lose, when we lose our psychologist licenses. <laughs> it's an explanation. It's not an excuse. <laughs> Let's hope Arya doesn't kill any more people. <laughs> like in Game of Thrones universe, mm. she is not incoherent. Like it's actually justice to do that mm. in game, the Game of Thrones universe. Yeah, because also like everyone can do justice apparently. Mm. So yeah, like there is no. So you know what? And she's doing pretty well. It's a pretty not realistic that she's doing so well <laughs> after all the trauma she went through. But yeah, yeah, I think that's that's the whole thing about like. I mean, we'll talk about this more in detail, but like. The way trauma is addressed in Game of Thrones is super heavy-handed. It's either they have to go through this really traumatic experience and completely change in character, or they go through a traumatic experience and everything's super fine. Yeah, I mean, if you take, for example, the fact that the Stark children... Mm. The Stark children were always a very closely-knit bunch. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we lose Rickon. Who? (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. That is pretty much all their reactions. No one... He's not mentioned again. He's not... Obviously, don't see him anymore. Mm. Yeah, that... Yeah, I, I mean, mean, they all get back together. And no one even asks crypt, about him. When the when the, <laughs> when, the when the Night King uh, awakes the dead. Yeah. Can we just talk about how what an idiot K 
came up with that idea. Oh, the big power that raises the dead comes. This will go down to where they bury the dead. In the bow sensor, apparently Sophie Turner had a scene where she killed White Walkers yeah, in the crypt. She picked up a sword and she actually fought, but they cut it out. Okay. Which would have made change a lot of scenes about yeah. the character and like yeah. the ways that scene would make sense, actually. Yeah. To, to give her also this fighting experience. Yeah. yeah. And also, to add to the conversation about trauma, since like we're slowly segueing into like a conversation about mental health. I mean, Arya um, is... A, yeah, but also, way. like the same thing happened with Danny. She went through a lot of crap. Mm. She was seemingly okay. Yeah. And then she sees her, I guess, best friend murdered. Mm. Brutally, awfully. She loses she, two of her children. She loses two of her children, which is, yes. But she like makes this switch it just breaks her in like two so, seconds which, which yeah. does happen but considering all the shit that she went through isn't necessarily realistic so there's two things i saw this tumblr post <laughs> <laughs> about how I'm actually danny tumblr. had a psychotic break mm-hmm. and actually it made sense until episode seven yeah that you might she might be like okay we still know that targaryen like you know god like flip a coin when a targaryen is born yeah, yeah. Um, that there might be mental health issue in the family, psychotic issues, schizophrenic maybe. I mean, mm. and so genetic component, okay, mm. great, and that there's vulnerability, and that mm-hmm. it doesn't necessarily get active. But if you are being traumatized repeatedly, death is a stress yeah. 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 And then that idea that she had a psychotic break just at that moment. Mm. Does make sense in episode seven, mm-hmm. but in episode eight she's very composed mm-hmm. and doesn't isn't crazy. She's just. Which episode are you talking about? That the last one. The last one. It was six, not not Five seven. Six. Six. Yeah, yeah, because season eight. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have issues. That's I'm like, Number, I have issues with numbers. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's why I'm well, well, Apparently, French. so do the writers of the show. So. <laughs> That's why I'm a psychologist. <laughs> Season eight, season six episode in the last season. Mm. Yeah. So episode five, when she um, she burns everyone, you still watch it. You say, okay, she's psychotic. It could actually make sense that the shift was so sudden. Because but then she would have continued to be psychotic. She would have continued to be psychotic in episode eight. And it's six. six of season eight. <laughs> I don't know why I have issues. But Anyways. the thing is, like, she's not. I, I, I fully expected, like, honestly, the last episode, I fully expected her to be full blown mad queen, like, yeah. paranoid. No, she's becoming Hitler. Yeah, you're not paranoid when they were actually out to yeah, get that's you. The thing. Her, very paranoia was, her. her paranoia was very much warranted yeah, considering justified. everybody betrayed her. And then the way PTSD works, mm. that's not how it works <laughs> at all. Because generally, what happens is that you have the trauma, mm. and it doesn't happen right away. It's much better. It's actually much longer than that. Mm. It actually can be years mm. after mm. that the trauma comes in, comes back. Yeah. And she is still in that, like, traumatic period of time. Mm. She's just getting things, like, one after the other. Mm. So she wouldn't get, like, I don't think it's very realistic to think she would start having PTSD symptoms when she burns down King's Landing. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. Then she would get progressively mad once in power. Yeah. Like, six months later... That would make sense. Yeah, well, that would make if, more sense, if yeah. I can bring it back to the books. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, Mad Queen, Danny, um, I don't have a problem with that as an ending. No. Because in the books, it is something she struggles with mm-hmm. from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. When you read from the beginning, she's always, she's like, 
Am I being just or am I being mad? She knows her family's history. Mm. She knows what her father did, who, by the way, only turned mad after he was kidnapped and tortured. Mm. So he had a break, obviously, um, that triggered whatever he yeah, went through in the end. that's dressed in the show, isn't no, it? No, it's just that he was mad. He wasn't mad all the time. He was actually a decent king, not the best, but a king who was then kidnapped and tortured and then came back and was he just lost it and was burning I people mean, alive. That might be PTSD. Actually. Yeah. So it is kind of, I wouldn't say foretold or foreshadowed in the books. Mm. It's kind of hinted at. She's mm. something she struggles with. She wants to do good, but she doesn't want to overstep. Mm. She gets horrified when her dragon um, kills a child. She cannot stand the sight of men murdering each other in the slave pits mm. uh, of Maureen when she reopens them. Uh, and she's actually angry with her husband for forcing her to open them because mm. she doesn't think it's right. In the show, three... Episodes before she burns down King Landing, she tells us she doesn't want to be Queen of the Ashes, mm. and then she becomes mad. Mm, yeah. That is what I, what I don't, I cannot get behind because yeah. everything that led up to that also made me sympathize with mm. her. She went to the north to save it, and she was treated like crap. Mm. Uh, Sansa treated her like some kind of mm. enemy. Mm. Um, they didn't even thank her. She lost the dragon, and they sort of celebrated. No one mentioned anything. She mm. realized, what am I doing here? Mm. Yeah. She listens to her advisors, mm-hmm. uh, and all their advice is useless and causes her to lose a dragon, to mm-hmm. lose her fleet. Um, and then as soon as she says, well, actually, maybe I'm not going to listen to you. Ooh, mad queen. Yeah. And I'm like, it was too rushed. Mm, it was very rushed. Like you said, it, it, it would have been a build-up to see mm-hmm. moments and things that are slowly... And then when she finally snapped, you'd be like, yeah, we knew this was That coming. would have been an amazing final shot. Like... Mm. Six months later, everything seems to be fine. King's Landing is like flourishing, and then something shows that she is mad. Yeah. That would have been an amazing ending. But anyway, let's move away from Danny for a second. Since we're talking about mental health, there are still some characters, presumably queer characters, that I'd like to talk about, uh, which um, are Hodor Varys and questionably Grey Worm, in terms of perhaps being ace or somewhere on that spectrum. I would not necessarily put Hodor there, because mm-hmm. um, both, I mean, okay, in the books we don't get the, the hold the door scene, because it was, wasn't, it's not actually published yet, it mm-hmm. should come up, mm-hmm. um, but what we see is that he's sort of, um, let's say, what's the correct way of saying that? Um, he was damaged by Bran's warging, yeah. um, which kind of makes him retain this childish... He has some brain damage. Yeah, yeah. some brain damage, which is sort of um, child maturity mm-hmm. kind of thing. So I think sex, not necessarily sexualizing the character, but saying, well... Sex wasn't on his mind. Yeah, no, because yeah. he essentially but had... You, uh, you could say that he's, uh, he's a good representation of a disability. Yes. Uh, in a way, I don't know if it's good, though. I'm, I... I don't. I can't say that I'm not. I mean, mm. yeah. I don't know if it's. I mean, it, uh, but the thing is, it, show, think, it shows him as a kind person. Yeah, I think it's good representation in the sense that he is like very nonviolent. Very, he's a gentle giant kind yes. of thing. He's a good person. Yeah, yes. which is rare in that. Yeah, and Game of Thrones. Yeah, um, and I mean, Varys himself said that he wasn't yeah. into men or women. So, I but think, he's also a eunuch. Yeah. So there's also that element of again. He was physically damaged. Yeah. Was he like that before, or is it just because his hormones are no longer replaced? That um, I mean, it's a little bit of a stretch, but 
there's one thing that indicates that he's actually he would actually be ace mm-hmm. is that Rayron, who is also a eunuch, mm-hmm. uh, he's in love with Miss Sunday, and yeah. they have some kind of uh, sexual intimacy. Yeah. yeah. So if that's possible, it, and that um, Varys is not attracted to anyone or interested mm-hmm. in anyone, mm-hmm. we, we could see him as, yeah. as ace. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you have a good point. And with Grey Worm also, like, we get this whole story about the Ancelli, how they are not supposed to have any, like, whatever desires. But clearly they do. Yeah. So how much of that is their training, how much of that is innate, how much of that is torture, how much of that is the castration, you know, yeah. how much of that is actually genuine and wasn't a product of violence. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if it was addressed in the in the show, but I remember reading the books when they were talking about the Ancelli training. Mm-hmm. They would be given... They'd be like eight, nine, ten mm-hmm. years old, and they'd be given a puppy to care for, mm-hmm. and they would care for it for like uh, it was a long time, mm-hmm. and then they would have to kill the puppy, mm-hmm. like slice its throat. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, I feel so bad so, for puppies. Yeah, I mean that <laughs> that kind of thing can definitely damage a person. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, they were those were kids that were never cared cared for anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, they were taken as slaves as children, so, so mm-hmm. you have like attachment issues. Mm-hmm. But we can definitely say that like the one character who is more or less at least from what we know, comfortable with their lack of sexual attraction is Varys. Yes. Because Hodor, we don't know. Yeah. And Grey Worm clearly has sexual attractions, or at least romantic attractions. Yeah. I mean, romantic attraction, and at least enjoys, for what we can infer from what we see on screen, she, yeah. he enjoys uh, forms of intimacy, yeah. sexual intimacy, with Miss Sunday. Yeah. So, I guess only Varys is the one that like, could be, yeah. as far as we know, uh, categorized there. And he's actually the one clever person. Well, he, he was until season he eight. He was, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think Harry's actually made a lot of good choices in season eight. I mean, he mm. he is, but he has no morals whatsoever, though. Which is what makes him great, though. <laughs> no, but he's, uh, he's, again, he's one of those characters that falls in the gray area. Yeah. yeah. He does. He's not loyal to any one monarch. He's mm-hmm. loyal to the realm. And to, yeah. to the people of the realm. But, he but also, how much that extends beyond King's Landing, once again, because yeah. oh, we must save King's Landing, but let's rape and pillage the rest of the country. But mm. he, that also makes him kind of fall into this, also a trope of like the evil eunuch. Yeah. Which I have a problem with. I yeah. think he gets a lot more, from my perspective, he gets a lot more genuine as time goes by, especially mm-hmm. when he does actually believe in, in Danny. Mm-hmm. Uh, for a certain amount of time until he realizes that that's not the way to go because bad writing. Um, but and he openly tries to poison her. He openly discusses treason in an echoey chamber. Yeah. And I'm like, where's yeah. the various of season one, two, and three that would have yeah. such yeah. I mean, same, same thing happened with Littlefinger, let's face it. Yeah. Littlefinger could have survived same for much longer. Tyrion, to Same with Tyrion, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Littlefinger, I don't know because there's one moment where Bran was actually useful. Yeah. So with Bran actually using his powers and his abilities and talking to his sisters, Littlefinger stood yeah, no so chance. Yeah, but that was the one time he used it and it was to further his own family. And all the other times he didn't use it also further his own family. Well, look at that. Yeah. Sorry. No, so salty. We're not, we're not about like talking about coherence <laughs> yeah. here. But so just in that situation, I think I do think Littlefinger didn't have any, didn't stand a chance. Yeah, no. There. Agreed, yeah. And Tyrion... Just yeah, also loses a few brain cells apparently, but but again, I can he uh, so far in the books, but also there was this one scene in the show where he was drinking heavily. Mm. <laughs> I'm going was, to say yeah, and you're saying like this is what he has now, mm. 
uh, because he stopped having sex in bottles yeah. and yeah. he's just drinking wine now. And if they played that well with his descent into maybe like alcoholism or mm. this thing where it's all gone to crap and he, mm. he just can't deal with things anymore, mm. that could have worked into the, the story, into why he's giving such bad advice, why he's not being as... Yeah, really sharp. Believe Cersei? I mean, come on, that's like, oh, she's not a monster. Really? Mm-hmm. Have you I seen mean, the show the okay. rest of us have been watching? Mm. The whole being ambivalent about your family... Yeah. That's realistic. The whole, I know my parents, sister, uncle are evil, yeah. but I still love them and I'm still ambivalent yeah. about it. That's, yeah. I, that could I be good writing. I'm glad that they gave him that scene where he digs out like Jamie and Cersei Even in the rubble. There's no which, way. Yeah, I mean, they, yeah, they could survive this. Absolutely. Feet yeah, like their skulls weren't even smashed in. Let's not even talk about that. But I, I'm glad that he had that scene of like crying over mm. them because it's, it's heavily inferred in the show and I think that's more a benefit of. Peter Dinklage's acting than the writing mm-hmm. itself, but we genuinely do see that he loves his siblings throughout the show, and, it, and to have that scene kind of put a you know well, the thing is, on top there. Is but that's the thing I, can, I, and even in the books, it's also quite clear he loves and adores Jamie. Mm-hmm. Cersei is a bitch, mm-hmm. and he's quite nasty back to her, mm-hmm. and I don't think. But that, yeah. but he could know because I mean you can love your sibling even if you hate them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, and yes, I know, but you can love someone that you... You can love them, but you don't necessarily need to like them. Can, yeah. Yeah. You can dislike them, but love them. Yeah. yeah. And I think that the case here, and that's actually pretty realistic, but it would have been even better if he hadn't believed her, mm. if he were, had, seen very, he had stayed very um, realistic, pragmatic, yeah. and clear about her intention, that was yeah. clear as she was never going to send any troop north. Mm. And if he had done she that, like could be clearly yeah. said, my sister is a bitch and I'm ready. She yeah. she's she's evil, she's not yeah. a good she's not a good queen and mm-hmm. we need to get rid of her and I'm not even trying to save her by yeah. setting Jamie or whatever yeah. and also hurting fucking Brienne in the process, but that's um even if Jamie had already left, mm. but still. I'm not enabling <laughs> enabling Jamie regression. Mm. It would have been so much better if he had been clear about his siblings. And who Cersei actually is, mm. but still would cry over her. Yeah, that I can I can get, but it's yeah. yeah. Well, let's since we're talking about Cersei, let's switch gears to like the last part that I really wanted to address: how we portray psychopaths in Game of Thrones. Mm. Uh, Cersei, Ramsay Bolton, Joffrey. Thoughts? Mm. Okay, Ramsay Bolton is a real psychopath. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. No affect, doesn't even understand other people are manipulative. People. Yeah. Very manipulative. Completely oblivious of uh, yeah any type of yeah. suffering and it's mm. completely actually relishes of it. Even. Mm. Yeah, it's you know, I mean he's yeah no perception of other emotions, no yeah. empathy, nothing like real psychopath. Sadistic. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's realistic mm. except that you can actually that's a weird thing is that you can be a psychopath and be pretty much. Um, functioning, not, functioning. No, yeah, and also be completely uh, out of touch with one else's emotions and suffering, and being completely mm. not reacting to it at all. Mm. Have no empathy or sympathy whatsoever, mm. but still not be evil. Yeah. yeah, which is a little bit more. Uh, I mean, that's the difference. Kind of, I think that's the difference between psychopathy and having antisocial personality yeah. disorder. Yeah, like there's they're kind of two sides of the same thing, but with active psychopathy, the way. 
we are also used to seeing psychopaths is the sadistic kind of and it's because also you it's actually what makes you feel yeah yeah to to be so ramsey Ramsey, yeah. If we can talk about Ramsey, I'm I'm obviously not a mental health expert, um, but just just mention about the books Mm -hmm. tying with Ramsey about um, Theon. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Theon's story in uh, in the books is absolutely devastating, but also I think kind of amazing because Ramsey breaks him. So to the point where he doesn't remember his name. No. To the point where he doesn't remember his name. Um, he's he becomes reek. Yeah, but in the show, also. yeah, but uh, and it was portrayed very well by Alfie Allen. Mm-hmm. Um, but then after that, when he escapes, he has this long journey of recovery mm-hmm. where he's slowly putting himself back together. And I think that was beautifully written to where he becomes a whole person again mm-hmm. because he. He's gone through all this trauma um, for no other reason than someone else's uh, enjoyment. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's mentally broken. And then he kind of pulls himself back together again, which is nice. Yeah, but in the show that was kind of... It was not that well done. But still, Theon uh, storyline probably is not bad yeah. in the show. Mm. Um, the whole coming back, piecing, back, piecing the pieces back together is interesting. Not really well done in the show. But also don't forget that Theon, I don't know in the books, but clearly in the show, he has already identity issues before mm, the yeah. whole thing because he doesn't yeah. know if he's a Stark or if he's a Greyjoy, and he loves the Stark, but also this hates them. So he, yeah. he's completely mm. he loves the Starks as people. He hates what they represent for his family, yeah. mm-hmm. and so he actually manages to make peace with that. And in the show, it's pretty well done because he does save Yara. He's proving himself as an ironborn, but also he's proving himself as loyal to the Starks since he saves Bran's life and sometimes we say, like, maybe Bran should have been killed. But that's something. I mean, he's the king now, so... So, um... Joffrey. He's an evil little shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is he a psychopath? I, okay, if we were diagnosing him, he is under the age of 18, he wouldn't technically be considered a psychopath. Yeah, they would have... Although that one scene with the prostitutes and the bow and the bolts. Yeah, no, but I mean, it was written because the actress didn't want to be naked again. Oh, okay. Isn't that it? I think, I think, I don't know. Isn't it this one? I think so. But, I mean, anyway, <laughs> with, with, with Joffrey, like, we would have given him a conduct disorder, which is something you give... Two kids before they turn 18 and then you can give them like an ASPD um, diagnosis. He was definitely sadistic. Antisocial personality disorder. Yes. Um, which is like kind of where psychopathy comes from. I mean, it's the, it's the polite... Is the polite, polite, slightly less extreme No, it's also like there's, still, there's still the possibility of actually being a decent human being. With, with learning how to not be manipulative and how to at least pretend to empathize. Um, to understand Mondores in a different way. You can understand them in a different way if he's not relating with like, but empathy the, or sympathy. The thing with Joffrey, though, is that um, he is clearly very sadistic. He's mm-hmm. clearly incredibly cruel in a very, not just a physically violent way, yeah. which he is. I mean, that scene with like the his wedding to Marjorie where he cuts open the cake and there's like pigeon blood everywhere. Yeah. That was a nightmare fuel. Um, but he's also very cruel in this instrumental kind of way. Mm. 
especially to Sansa. It's incredibly shitty to Sansa. Um, but is he is he a psychopath or is he well, a product of incest? Well, that's the thing. Um, <clears throat> Both. In the books, it is kind of conveyed that I mean, he believes that Robert Baratheon is his father, and he he knows obviously that Cersei is his mother. Mm. He wants his father's approval, but his father doesn't give the, him the time of day. Mm. His mother coddles him. Mm. So, I, th- I don't know, I, in the books it kind of gives the sense that he's picking up on her mm. resentment for the Starks. Mm. And so he plays on that so that she can praise him, approve of him, mm. um, in a kind of sick sort of trying to get mother's love mm. because I'm not getting father's love way. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean- I would definitely say that he has some sort of personality disorder. Yeah, but I'm not sure it's antisocial. I'm not sure about that. I would just say that, like, he definitely has attachment issues Mm -hmm. for days. Um, He definitely does not understand how to convey affection. Yeah. It's not really clear if he can. Um, But also, Joffrey, what makes Joffrey the character so great is the fact that he was played absolutely brilliantly. Yes. I don't remember the name of the like actor. The guy who doesn't want to act anymore. Yeah, the guy who doesn't want to act anymore because he's been it's, he's done. <laughs> by the way, apparently when he was acting, he got a letter from George R. R. Martin mm-hmm. saying, "Congratulations, everyone hates you." Oh wow! Uh, you in a you were doing your job very well, kind of way. Yeah, because but people were supposed to hate him. <laughs> but I mean, Joffrey, there. I I kept watching the show thinking maybe there's going to be a redeeming moment for him, and there never is. No. His death is handled in a very satisfying way. Yes. That's for sure. I think it's one of the rare instances where, uh, in the show at least, we saw someone get what they deserve. Yeah, absolutely. Um, But again, like, does he get what he deserves? I mean, the fray, as well, I'm sorry, but... Yeah, yeah. uh, but like... But we don't I mean, get he, to we don't get to hate him as well, as mm. much as we hate Joffrey. The thing is, though, does anyone deserve to eat their own children? Maybe not. But also, Theon, <laughs> no, uh, not Theon, uh, but Ramsay. Okay, Ramsay. Ramsay being, we don't yes. see him being eaten by his dogs, no. but still. But that's, mm. that's yeah, that's what I said. One of the rare instances. Yeah. And also, it's very good that his storyline ends at that moment. Yes. Because it's been so long when you arrive at that scene. Speaking of a storyline that drags on forever, Cersei. Um, Because she literally does nothing but drink wine and stare into the middle distance for the entirety of season (laughs) eight. And she gets a million dollars an episode for that. I wish I had that job. I mean, Uh, being Cersei or Bran... I mean, sorry, everyone talks about uh, like how much money she made for just staring into the distance. But think about Bran. True. He has done anything but sit on the fucking chair. I don't want anymore... And can't be a lord, so I'll become king. Because <laughs> that makes sense. He had like three lines in like seven Why seasons. Why do you think I came all this way? No, we don't know because he never told us. You're useless. And he made probably maybe not as much money, but a lot of money as yeah. well. So I have to well appreciate. Done. I mean, if we're but, talking about but seriously, got to drink wine, so I might have to go with that one. <laughs> Just sit there in a blanket all day. Yeah, in the US, but also, it was not filmed in the US. But Fair in the US, I'm not sure it was because we're legal to drink wine. For a very long time. The guy who plays Bran. I mean, he's probably no, 25 but, but, now. But, but her job was to stand there and drink wine. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, for her, it's like, yeah. He just had to sit there with a the blanket. Yeah. And, and just pretend to look at something. Yeah. So, with Cersei, like, she's clearly, again, evil, cruel. Yeah. 
very manipulative, very instrumentally violent. But is she repeated that? Again, this is where the books, I feel, give a bit more context mm-hmm. in the show. Because when we finish in book four with this Cersei story, and then we skip and do the same time period but in a different geographic location, it is implied that she's drinking heavily. Mm-hmm. It's implied that she's not taking very good care of herself. Mm-hmm. So I feel like they had the chance to show her, not descent into, I wouldn't call it descent into madness, mm-hmm. but just a descent into this... Misery. Where she, yeah, mm-hmm. where she's just mm-hmm. losing mm-hmm. control of herself in a way. I'd say borderline personality disorder... Self-medicated with alcohol mm. yeah. is pretty realistic. Yeah, but also, I mean, just to play devil's advocate, is she mentally ill, or is she a product of her time? Is she a product of the cruelty that happened to her? Because she didn't really have a really good life either. Both. She didn't have an amazing life. Well, she did until she married Robert Baratheon, and that's where her life turned to shit. Yeah, Robert Baratheon. I mean, let's put it this way: she was raised as a very wealthy lady. With all the comforts uh, that that entails. Uh, in fact, she belonged to the richest family in the kingdom. Uh, and then she is expected to marry a man of her father's choosing, which she does. She convinces herself that she has feelings for him, realizes that he doesn't have feelings for her. Mm. And that's where her misery starts. Mm. So I wouldn't say... Oh, she knows her first kid, who's actually... Yes, but there's speculation but, whether she loses her first kid or she murders her first in kid. In the show, I think it's clearly more... In the show, she there's this one scene where she talks to Catelyn about losing her firstborn, mm-hmm. um, which makes her try to be sympathetic to Catelyn mm-hmm. um, because Cat- Bran is lying there, mm-hmm. which makes her a bitch because she's the one that kind of made Jamie Cause the first witch, yeah. yes. But in the books, it's heavily implied that the, she killed him. Then the she made the nurse take the baby and get rid of the baby. Yeah, but also because he's actually Robert's son. Yeah, because it was actually Robert's because he had a thick hair of dark. But when you think about it, hair. like what, what what I talked about before, this idea that women had to act in a manly, violent way. Mm. When you think about the fact that she lo- loses all of her children within the span of like yeah. a season. Um, one of them, kind of directly her fault, yeah. because she blew up the, the sept, which caused Tommen to kill himself. Kill himself. Because he was weirdly in love, I mean, with Marjorie. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's Marcella, actually, that's actually pretty realistic. Marcella's yeah. death was like the least warranted one. Marcella's absolutely innocent, and, yeah, and yeah. I hated how that happened. Yeah, but she's killed because of her mother. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So she loses all of that. She clearly becomes more unhinged when she blows up the sept. Yeah. Then she basically locks herself up and only takes counsel from a religious psychopath. Yeah, and then the Kyburn, the mm-hmm. whole yeah. weirdo. Yeah. I mean, both of them, like the the the, the, yeah. the sparrow and uh, and the new grandmaster, like Kyburn, is like yeah. they're both. <laughs> Quite. Yeah, but I think it also plays on. It's a very interesting thing that we don't see that much in cinema. Actually, this idea of someone very vulnerable being taken advantage of by someone with an agenda, yeah, like religion, like. But you know, I don't know if she's taking advantage of. I think she lies with them because because of they, what she can get from them. Yeah, because they they all want some kind of power. Yeah, they and, promise her something, so she gives something in return. I yeah. think it's a very transactional. I don't. I don't think she's taking. Advantage I don't of. know. That's not how I really read it. If in the books, 
I would say probably. Mm-hmm. As I said, because she has this whole descent, uh, where, you know, where you was mm-hmm. use the word unhinged, where she's mm-hmm. kind of losing control of herself yeah. um, because of everything that's happened, because of everything mm-hmm. she's done and the way it's all going. She doesn't know what to do. And there I can, there I can see that there might be people using mm-hmm. her. Mm-hmm. But in the show, it doesn't come off that way. No. In the show, I think it's very transactional. Kyburn was kicked out of the Cytodon. Mm-hmm. He wanted employment. She needed a grand ma- grandmaster. He promised her things, so she promised him things in return. Yeah, and he creates the, the, the mountain Frankenstein monster. Oh, God, that was her. awful. That was yeah. terrifying. So it's, yeah. Like I said, it's very transactional. And also with the sparrows, again, it was what the sparrows could offer her. Essentially, it offered her a militia. So she kind of, she promised to give them power in return for them giving her power. She must judge what they were going to do with that power. She must judge the whole situation because in the end they turned on her, which she wasn't expecting. No. But it was transactional in, in nature. Yeah, I agree. And I, and I, I stand by my borderline personality disorder, but untreated uh, and like that got worse. Because... They didn't have psychologists back then, did they? Yeah, really enough. No, they hired uh, they hired mean, masters. Can, can, can we can we talk about <laughs> the fact that like if everyone in Game, in Game of Thrones talked about their feelings, none of this would have happened. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, that that's what you need to, to to advertise the practice. So, yeah, <laughs> I mean, not just about their um, not just about their uh, their their feeling, like just address issues in general. Yeah, but let's go back to the beginning. Uh, it would never have happened if Robert Baratheon had just, just accepted accept. that Lyanna Stark wasn't in love with him mm. and didn't want to marry him. Mm. I mean, if you want to go back all the way to the beginning, it wouldn't have happened if Ned Stark had just kept his mouth shut. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, when you've got honor on the line, which then his daughter breaks in what five minutes? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she does it for the North. For the North. For the North. For the North. So, in conclusion, because this episode is already going to be very long and I'm (laughs) going to be the one editing it, Um, is Game of Thrones a good show? (laughs) Yes or no answers. No, no, I can't do this. It started off as a really good show. Started off amazing. Visually... Orally, a u orally, is <laughs> beautiful. I don't know what you do when you watch it. <laughs> there wasn't enough of that in the show, as far as I'm concerned. That's another thing. Portrayal of sex in that show is really not that good. Well, there was that one scene where John pretended to have invented uh, kind of lingers. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, he and for the very first uh, try, like apparently, yeah. But then again, she never had it, so she doesn't have anything to compare it with. That is Who true. said she never had it? She herself said Oh, that's true. I forgot about <laughs> yeah. that. Mm, fair enough. So, is Game of Thrones a good show? It is until the source material runs out. Mm. It's a cultural object. It's definitely mm. a classic. It will become a classic, I believe. Yeah, and I think there will be this whole sect or um, cult classic where they, they ignore the last maybe two seasons. I'm, I'm just waiting for the adaptation of I mean, the books... All the books yes. ever mm. ever published to have an adaptation that's actually working with all of the books, yeah. mm. all of them being published. So maybe cutting a few things in the beginning, and but respecting yeah. pacing until the end. Yeah. I think for now, Game of Thrones is a classic in the way the room is a classic. Yeah, 
it's 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 important. a cultural phenomenon. It's a cultural phenomenon. It's like it's it's like Star Wars and Harry Potter. It's in our cultural memory. It's something that generations of people will remember. Yeah. It's definitely very memeable. Yeah. That's for sure. Um, is it accurate in the way it portrays actual people? Probably not. One could make the argument that yep. they weren't striving for realism. Because it is a show about magical dragons, so... Yeah. yeah, but you have... Characters have to be relatable. Yeah, but the, the thing is, there's... Um, what we lose in the last couple of seasons, especially when the source material runs mm. out, is the realism in that all the shocks mm. that we get mm-hmm. from Ned Stark's beheading to the, the Red Wedding mm. are all steeped in realism in the sense of they are consequences mm. for people's actions. Yeah. So people do something... And you sit there and you go, oh, you probably shouldn't have done that. Mm-hmm. And then three episodes later, I told you you shouldn't have done that. <laughs> yeah. And that was what made the show great. Yeah. Because yeah. there were logical consequences that were steeped in the, uh, yeah. in, in the characters' yeah. actions. In the later seasons, it's more plot-driven. It's more, we need to get to point B. How are we going to do that? We're just going to do it. But that's the thing. Like, characters lack motivation. Yeah. They just do stuff and then stuff happens. Yeah. But we don't really understand what makes them do that stuff. We don't understand in the later what seasons. drives them. Yeah, in the, in the later yeah. seasons. We don't understand what drives them as human beings, which is what makes them less relatable. Yeah. Because, like, in the way that, in like, in the early seasons, you could relate to Arya, you could relate to Sansa. To Rob Stark, where you he falls in love. You could even relate to John, yeah. who is, like, the least relatable character in the show. Well, I'm I sorry loved, to all the John lovers out there. I love John in the beginning. Mm. Um, it really sort of connected with him and then around season six mm. season seven i was just like oh but then he, he gets this now. like you know messianic chosen one yeah. vibe that literally takes him nowhere he, he's good until he dies and yeah. he should have stayed dead he well, yeah stayed but the thing dead. is his whole plot sorry this is going to become a rant about the writing now <laughs> fans have forever speculated about his parentage mm, yeah. and then it comes to light it's mentioned three times and they times. got it right they got it right mm. but it's mentioned three times and the only consequence it has is that it makes Danny paranoid yeah and like that was the whole thing that's why we had this whole secret that's why Ned kept quiet for 18 years was just to make sure that Danny doesn't go crazy mm. and then no one mentions it ever again and to anyone and mm, I'm like the only thing yeah the only other consequence is that he can actually ride the dragon yeah. Yeah, badly. Yeah. <laughs> and he, then he yells at a dragon. But yeah. So Game of Thrones is not a good show. It's definitely an interesting show from a very cultural perspective. Yes, it was well done. It gave us a couple of people that we will be keeping our eyes on for the next few yeah. years. Media Clark, for example, yeah. who, by the way, having filmed the first, cu- first couple of seasons was of Game of Thrones an with two aneurysms. Yeah. Um, and I read one of her interviews where she said she had, she actually was actually really interesting mm-hmm. to do a podcast mm-hmm. on, where she was having these anxiety and panic attacks. And she mm-hmm. actually asked people to calm her down, to ground her, because mm-hmm. she was, she would be at one point, she's like, oh my God, I'm dying. Could you just come and sit with me, please? Mm-hmm. Which I think must be terrifying. Yeah, yeah. because she, th- she was thinking she had another aneurysm. Yeah. And when she knew that, intellectually, she knew it wasn't that, it was yeah. just a headache. Yeah. But... But she when was, was yeah. sympathetic. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, so Maisie I think, Williams. Yeah. Maisie Williams. Um, a couple of the other characters, Gwendolyn and Christie, I mean, she was already on the radar. Yeah. Um, Lena Headey as well. Yeah. yeah. Peter, Peter Dinklage. Yeah. Heady. 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 Yeah. I mean, imagine um, you and me. 
Nikolai yeah. Koster Valdel. Yeah. Who's like most of the actors are good actors. Mm. Bar a few, including fucking Ed Sheeran. Okay. <laughs> I don't know where that came from, but sure. <laughs> that was the thing that happened. So I think that... We're going to talk about that season. You know, the show started off as being this gritty, like, anti-culture thing yeah. almost, and then it turned into the biggest cultural product ever. Yeah. As evidenced by the fact that they literally sold out by giving a cameo to one of the most yeah. popular singers of the 21st century. Yeah. So... Early 21st century, you will be forgotten in... But for now, for now, he's still out there yeah. gathering stadiums and doing singles with Justin Bieber. So I'm surprised the Biebs yeah, wasn't yeah. there. I'm too old for that. So he, he doesn't have a, a British accent. True. Who? Bieber. Oh, okay. I was like, <laughs> sure, it does have a British accent. No, no, accent. Bieber. No. That's why he wasn't in the show. <laughs> Um, I mean, Peter Dicklish doesn't have a British accent either. Yeah, but he can no. do Actually, one. But he can he can do one really well. So really good actors, amazing cinematography, beautiful locations. That we can say about the last season, mm. the the score, the score, the, the, yeah. the music was phenomenal. The way yeah. that like, King's Landing changed location apparently in the last oh, season. Oh yeah, yeah, no, but they had to flatten the mountains to make the crossbows. It's fine. Yeah. We, we figured it out. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck geography, like but whatever. But the score was great. The score was and amazing. The, um, the opening credits. The opening credits yes. are a classic. Yes. The opening credits that, are that what That opening most theme know. is. Yeah. I mean, you can catch people humming it sometimes. The visuals are amazing, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, and visually, I mean, even the last season, despite all the criticism, despite all the crap they gave us, visually stunning. And costumes. Yes. And costumes are amazing. Costumes in the show tell a story of their own. Yeah. Which I really love the way, like, there's videos and articles written on how characters grow through their hair yeah. and through their costume, especially Sansa and Cersei. Yes. Like, and Daenerys. And Daenerys. Yeah. Uh, and Marjorie to a lesser degree, but like, how, how the costumes can mirror what they're going Marjorie? through. Yes, Marjorie. <laughs> can we bring back Mother? Can we, yes, can we bring back Olenna can, can, can we bring back all the Tyros? I don't. I don't what is the Lord of the Light doing? We want to bring back I don't the Tyros. Marjorie died in the books. Yes. I mean, she's definitely dead in the show, which was yeah. a pity. Well, that, do you know? Did we see them die? Because they don't happen on stage. It doesn't happen on screen. Talk about the tension between Sansa and Marjorie. Oh, there was definitely tension between Sansa, but Marjorie is like super handsy with everyone. Yeah, she, and she's like she, Turner yeah. is like um, Katie McGrath. <laughs> she can't play straight to save her life. <laughs> Anyways, this podcast is getting very long, um, and we're probably going to get a lot of criticism for everything that we said here, but this is why we decided to do an episode, stir some shit up. Um, look, as far as I'm concerned, this episode has better writing than the entirety of season eight, so you know what? You know, and you know what? We didn't even write We didn't even write this. We forgot. <laughs> kind of forgot to write something. Yeah. So, um, give us your thoughts, tweet at us, violently tweet at us, it's okay, we can take it, send us an email, and if you want to hear more of us analyzing TV shows, we are definitely up for that as long as we have a bottle of wine on the table. And just for those who don't understand the kind can of we, God Can we do the magicians next, please? I, I need to watch it then. Okay. <laughs> just for those who don't understand the kind of forgot reference, just uh, look it up. Yeah. Yes. You won't be disappointed. Reddit free folk. <laughs> it's um it's the um well the do you understand the amazing work done by the showrunner? 
Yes. Yeah. D&D. Yeah, D&D. Who currently, who currently are working on the next Star Wars trilogy. So we have that to look forward to. Which being I'm ruined. already, <laughs> really being, I'm already desperate about that. So it's, uh, yeah, I don't want to think about it. Maybe they'll get fired. I don't know. I hope so. There's so much backlash. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, that's never stopped them before. And this is true. So, anyways, tweet at us, email us, send us some hate mail. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> and we will see you next week. Two with, weeks. Uh, in the next two weeks. Sorry, timeline is off. Just like in Game of Thrones. <laughs> um, we have an interview. We have an interview. We have an interview that will hopefully get recorded before we actually need to put out an episode. Have a good night or evening or morning. Day. Whenever it is that you're listening to this. Enjoy the rest of the day. Bye. Bye. Bye.